Welcome to another episode of A Word of Influence. I am your host, Perry Morton. This is episode five, also known as the AWOY Project, as there are, there are going to be four episodes this week. And today, my ho- my special guest is Derek Smith. He's, he has his own podcast called, what up? The, called The Dominating Impulse Podcast. He also has a YouTube page called The Dominating Impulse. He's also a host of Classic Critics. I'm like, we call it the trifecta right now because we're all doing some our own podcasts and just feeding off each other good vibes. So today we're like, you know, everybody should know by now. It's about gaming and how it's influenced your life. So the first question we're going to ask you, Derek, is what got you into video games? What got me in a video game? I don't know, man. Like, I want to say my cousin. I think I was about six, maybe seven. He walked into my grandma's house with a Sega Game Gear. Is that what it was called? Yeah, same. I remember those. Yeah, Sega Game Gear. And he was playing Mortal Kombat. And I was like, you know, fighting game, Luke Cage. Who doesn't love Mortal Kombat? And this was like right before the movie had dropped, but the trailers were going crazy. So, mm-hmm. like, it, I just really dove into it from there. Then, you know, went retrograde. Uh, got me a super NES and, you know, just took it from there. Okay. So of the previous generations, which one did you enjoy the most? The I want to say PlayStation one, but I'm not going to lie to you, man. I still, even all those combined, I put mad hours into my N64. In sixty four goes hard, but like, yeah. did you were you one of the, were you one of the kids that had both of them? And you're like, yeah, I prefer my sixty four over the PlayStation. You know, I did, but my pops always he loved the PlayStation one. He was a big NBA Live Tomb Raider guy at the time, so like he had that. But I was like, I got Star Fox, I got Mario, I got Zelda, <laughs> I got NFL Quarterback Club, like, <laughs> like I got titles over here, Double O Seven, so. <laughs> so you're really having fun. Yeah, so geared up. So, what game has influenced you in life? Um, believe it or not, I'm gonna say Madden. Madden, and that's yeah. not even my favorite game series. That's crazy because you're actually the first person to actually mention a sports game. And can you tell me why? Well, if you just look into, like, see before the aspects of online, I put, like I say, N64, just going back to, I'm a serious Colts fan, so my Colts were trash back in the days, even with Peyton Manning. So I would just try to build my team up as best way possible. And, you know, going through the franchise mode, you know, it it takes strategy and you kind of got to, you know, navigate life with a strategy. You got to have a plan. It's not... And it's not even going to go always how you envision, you know, just like if you're drafting somebody, you think he's a stud and he comes out to be a bum. So, so okay, that makes sense. So I get what you're saying, how like it's like an agenda. You Everyone has an agenda in Madden, but you're not for sure if that player is even going to be healthy through the rest of the season because they might get injured. It's just that 50-50 chance. and. Yeah. Definitely that, and just, like, you just never know. Like, you know, especially in the NFL, everybody's big, fast, and strong. So 
if people just don't work out for certain system, you might want a guy who can be, you know, run after catch receiver. You might want a guy who just only goes up and get jump balls. And like, you know, and you can just look at life like that. You might think you want to go left, but you really need to go right to be more successful in the field you're trying to grow in. Mm-hmm. So I like I said, I remember playing Madden at first when I was a kid and I really didn't understand football. And like I guess nobody really did. We were just too busy in the, you know, just games. Yeah, just, just pressing buttons. But for for me, just real life aspects. You know, of course, I went on to play football. You know, post high school and college at Kentucky State. You know, your alma mater. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think that like for me, Madden helped me learn. Of course, my playbook, but it made me a smarter player. So even where my skill set or my natural abilities weren't you know overshadowing another player my mental capacity to break down other positions because i you know knew from virtual reality mm-hmm. and where they were supposed to be in coverage you know man to man you know mm-hmm. like it helped me communicate with my teammates and coaches to be you know you know a different type of player without the necessary speed you know strength height you know all those attributes now you said you played ball at k-state kentucky state yeah, I played uh, – I was only there for one year, but, uh, well, I didn't even make it to the, the season. I played in the spring game, and then me and the coaches decided to go in another direction. Okay, but so um, what position did you play? I was an end linebacker. Ooh, snap. That is actually one of the hardest positions to play in football, just to be able to read the running back or quarterback or, if you know, if you're going to be dropping or blitzing. It's just – I understand what you're saying the hell. Just your virtual thing, because like people games don't actually help you in life. Do you agree with that? I think they do, and the reason I say they do is, you know, uh, April was Autism Awareness Month, and I have an autistic son, so like he's able to understand games to a level where me and him can communicate on a level that you know really wasn't there before. Like it really just popped up out of nowhere, so. You know, video games can help people, you know, articulate different feelings and emotions that words can't even express. So, you know, people should take that into account. Okay. Because, like, people are just, like, if you look at today's society, uh, excluding anybody that has autism or anything, they're saying that kids are getting technical tablets and devices a little too soon. Can you give me any insight why you, as a parent, feel it's necessary for you know, your kids have them tablets so early? Well, that just goes back to uh, your first question, which, you know, I can piggyback. It's all about, you know, a good coach tells me, you know, you're either allowing it or you're coaching it. I'm allowing you to, you know, celebrate after you score a touchdown. I'm allowing you to have this tablet. But, you know, me and my wife, we also set parameters and times. And, you know, like, you know, today, perfect example, as we record, my son had his tablet all day. And then at a certain point, I was like, you got all these toys. You don't even need to look at it or think about it. So, you know, it's all about, you know, how you want to govern your, you know, child's, you know, time on these devices. Because I'm, cause like, I'm pretty sure you come from the age of, like, where you still went outside even though you play video games. And, of course, you playing sports. signifies that if that makes sense that you weren't just a gamer you were also an athlete yeah so 
I definitely think I take pride actually in being, you know, both. You know, I, I think I was an elite yeah. gamer and, you know, a good, a good, great athlete. But, you know, I still went outside and played with my friends, you know, just normal kid stuff. And that just, you know, has the mindset. It starts with the parents. We got to be parents. We got to make sure these kids, you know, go out here and play outside so they don't develop all these, you know, air quotes, you know, childhood allergies and things like that from being, you know, bubble kids their whole lives. Now, why do you think it was, I don't know if you ever experienced it when you were growing up in high school, it seemed that if you played sports, it was kind of knocked off that you were a nerd as well. Do you feel that way? Can you give me a reason why? Um, well, see, I just think that it all goes back to how certain people are, you know, socialized, you know, and I didn't really understand it until I got to college. And then I actually seen that, you know, every, every level in life, even, you know, high school, college, workplace, post workplace has levels of hierarchy and understanding. And people like to group certain athletes as nerds or not nerds because the athlete, uh, role is always going to overshadow anything uh, mentally they can display in the eyes of certain people because they feel like, uh, you know, athletes already have a certain status and place in society anyway. So I felt like, um, I know I, I like to quote a lot of stuff, but like Disney's High School Musical is probably the best representation of a status quo. And like that first, like, you know, if you've ever seen it, just the whole stick to the stuff you know status quo thing. Uh, I feel like they did a great job of breaking that. And it seemed like now if you look at it, like with the, the uprising of video games, nerds are becoming more locked in. And like that's the catchphrase of this is that nerds are locked in. We're running shit. It's either you like us or you just got to put up with us because like we're really cool people. Like we're not hurting anybody. We're not doing drugs we're actually trying to improve the technology that we have do you agree with that i definitely do and also you got to think in the world today where people are saying gun violence is so prevalent and you know we got to keep our kids safe and keep them at home at you know in our eyes and our protection i'm all for that but at the, i want to trust my kids to be go to go out in the world and socialize and meet people and experience things and network so in the sense of nerds being more locked in yeah you're at home and you you're you know you're developing you know your own skill set and your own ways to socialize with your peers so I have no problem with that. But is it, do you think there's a problem, let's say, with playing games online compared to actually playing face-to-face -face with your friends? Um, you know, I'm a pretty competitive guy. So, you know, any, <laughs> uh, any type of an arena where I can, you know, either me versus somebody else, it doesn't take much for me. But that's just me. But I also love the fact to play face to face with my buddies like just i can talk to you talk you know talk good that talk good shit 
right there, which, you know, I can say things that have no effect to a guy online. You know, I just had some, you know, fellas over in my house a couple weeks ago and, you know, we were playing 2K. I lost a game by two just because, you know, some of the stuff he was saying mentally blocked me from being at my peak versus if I was online, I could have cut the mic off from muting more, you know, stuff like that that takes away from the real life, you know, interaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy both ways. It's just like it all depends on what it is. Like if we're playing uh, Call of Duty, it makes sense that we play on a different screen. Yeah. Or if we're playing Mario Kart or games that are party games, it's better to play together like at in the same house. So that's how I feel about any game that is like that mentality because it's like everybody's like that one, two switch game by Nintendo switch. It's really a game for people in the house and like people that aren't really gamers, but they're actually a part of the game because they got to, cause they're watching how the other two are playing. And like, that might give them the idea of, Ooh, maybe I'll play a game. I've been hearing, I've been hearing good things about the so, switch, man. Like I didn't really think I need to invest in it. I mean, I mean, I really think you shouldn't, uh, really should because like, I feel like there's a lot of potential with that system. I know I've been hyped about it from like the beginning to the beginning of that launch, but cause like, I didn't know what it was, but also when I saw what it was, I'm like, awesome. And then when we got breath of the wild, it was just the icing on the cake. I feel like you would enjoy it. It's really something you would go like, well, I can play on the big screen. It's time to go to bed, but I don't, feel like I'm done playing so I can just take it out and con- continue to play it like that shit really has gotten to me to the point like where it's just amazing that I can take this thing on the go because like I just went to Nashville like over the weekend and I took the switch and my m- sister she played the whole way there so it's just awesome that the capability of where technology is going and I understand people are still hating on Nintendo but Nintendo is a family-oriented organization that's trying to make people play with them. So I understand their their dumbed-down versions of their Splatoon and their Call of Duty, but people still enjoying it because like Splatoon is really big in Japan, and like when it comes to Splatoon Two comes to America, it's gonna be really great. And like I said, I think you would like it, but why don't you? I mean, are you not a Nintendo fan whatsoever, or what caused you to not like Nintendo anymore? Uh, I don't really dislike Nintendo. I just invested in other avenues. Uh, I did have a Wii. I put I put a lot of hours into the Wii. You know, it was fun. You know, when company came over, we, you know, get a bottle, take shots, you know, bowling, you know, Wii Sports, different uh, games like that, DDR. So, you know, I don't have anything against Nintendo. It's just uh, I was kind of biased about the Switch uh, just because, you know, I think that the the Wii U was an epic flop and they really wanted that to be, you know, on the level of Microsoft and Sony and it wasn't even close. They should have just, you know, upgraded the Wii if that's the case. Okay, that's a good question then. How do you think gaming competition is hurting gamers? per se, uh, like 
competition is always good, but the thing is, I don't think there's much competition left from developers, and I don't know as consumers if we're demanding different competitions. I got Battlefield One digital on my Sony hard drive. I deleted it. I, I still play COD because there's no difference. Like I'm getting, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes, like. So you just, you know, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, what shooter do you prefer at this time to play? Now, what is your, what is your thoughts on the new Call of Duty? Are you okay? Are you on the train of like, it might be good or on the train of that it might not be? It might be good because from what I hear about Infinite Warfare, is it Infinite Warfare? Infinite yeah, it's Infinite, War? Infinite, Infinite Warfare. Yeah. So I heard that was, just, I heard that was piss poor. Um, you know, they never drop two bad games in a row, so they might, they're definitely going to rebound. But the thing I'm not on board with is no regenerating health, World War Two again, and then they're bringing in Josh Dermell, you know, Las Vegas Transformers actor as like a lead voice to, you know, make you feel more, you know, integrated in their story. But if you watch the trailer of that game, it looks like Battlefield 1 beat for beat, especially with the guy with the flamethrower. Oh, wow. So it's like, you know, there's no competition. This is all piratey at this point. (laughs) Michael, so do you have a problem with, like, because everyone loves GoldenEye, and it's like, like, that game can't be touched whatsoever. I love GoldenEye, except for that remastered bullshit they tried to feed us. (laughs) What's the phrase? (laughs) Syrup on it and call it pancakes. <laughs> exactly. <You laughs> and that's what that. they tried to do. <laughs> yeah. A-way moment, guys. An A-way Man, moment. I swear. <laughs> you got to love those A-way moments. Uh, but just I was like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? And then we get deeper. And like, oh, okay. That's what an A- <laughs> that's exactly what an A-way moment is. Because uh, Derek just did one of his dominate impulse things just like put, what is it i can't, I can't I always get up on it and call it pancakes <laughs> oh wow that shit's because that makes some really good sense that bro you can't just an like, old dude told me that when i was like in the second grade and i didn't understand what it meant until like last year when i don't know like my son was crawling on the floor and it like echoed, and I was like, I understand what it means now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But I have a problem with games like Call of Duty that just continue just to feed you bullshit. That I do, but it's not going to change because our society isn't going to change. It's going to be you build the brand up high enough, and you know people are going to buy it. You build it, they will come. Call of Duty needs to, you know, reformat their entire process of what kind of shooter they want to give us because Star Wars Battlefront is trying to give us a little bit different. I thought Titanfall was going to be different, but if you really break down from the Titan aspect, it's the same as Star Wars Battlefront or vice versa because they're both EA titles. Or you can look at it in the same umbrella as Battlefield as a sub game from them. You know, developers spend less money making it, you know, a movie nostalgia. Because, you know, Battlefront's only coming out when the movie drops. That's okay. the only way the game's going to sell. Okay, so here's a question. If you, let's say you were a Sony developer, what are you telling your team mates to make? I'm telling my team, we need to make something open world. Open world? Okay. We need to make something that's 
vintage but not old. Mm. We need to make something that's going to interact with old gamers, golden age gamers like our era. That's what I like to call it. And the new age gamers, like something that's going to like really, you know, break down barriers. If you remember when Crash Bandicoot dropped on PlayStation one, it broke, it broke barriers because it was something different from Mario, Zelda, Sonic, Donkey Kong. Uh, what else was Metroid? It was like it was it was a whole different ball game, and people loved it. Still mm-hmm. a cult classic to this day. That's why Sony is remastering it. So you said Golden Age. So is that the '90s kids? Uh, you know, late '80s or uh, '90s kids. You know, because it was still a lot of good games, like '85. What they have, Techno Bowl. Yeah, Techno Bowl was '85. I think. Yeah, that was really good. But you say. You say tech, you say uh, golden age, and I think that's really cool because you say eighties to nineties, and like when you talk to anyone for like the new generation, you're like, "Did you ever play Ocarina of Time?" And you're like, "No." I'm like, why? Like, I actually, why? I was at a comic book store, and the kid was looking at. I forgot what the comic he was looking at, but I asked him, "Have you ever played a game called Bushido Blade?" And he was like, "What?" I'm like, "How can you read?" It was a samurai comic. I forgot the name. But I'm like, how can you even dive into the samurai nostalgia mythology and not know about Bushido Blade, PlayStation One, like one of the best slashers for its time? Now, do you feel like nostalgia is kind of getting in the way of gaming? That's I haven't asked that question to anybody. Do you feel like the idea of nostalgia has pretty much had an infect of the way we play video games from here on out? Because we expect greatness but we don't get greatness right now. Cause like prime example, a lot of people and you know, don't like horizon zero dawn, but they marketed it as like, it was supposed to be like a really good open world game. But some people were like, yeah, this isn't for me after breath of the wild came out because it's like, once you play breath of the wild and try to go back to horizon zero dawn, it's on a different level. And you're like, I need to go back to the Breath of the Wild play style. Does that make sense? It does. And see, like, it's funny that you even bring up Horizon Dawn because, like, you know, right when we were messaging the notes about um, how we were, you know, going to talk about this show, um, some guys were just talking so highly on Horizon Dawn. Like, how can you not like an open world fighting robots? I'm like, I feel like this ratchet and clank PlayStation and two. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, Jack, like, and, Dexter you know, Jack and Dexter, you know, which was great games, but like you're giving me that. And from what people tell me, if I played Zelda before Horizon Zone, I'm gonna feel like I wasted sixty three bucks. Yeah, you really I feel like you would. Because like I like try to go back and play Horizon fresh off of Zelda. I hated it. I guess because of the mechanics in Zelda make it make horizon look like a piece of shit and like not even trying to hate on that game because i know a lot of people that like that game as well so it's like i'll give it another shot maybe after i beat persona but i don't think that's going to happen Derek. because you want to know why (laughs) because because i just like near otomoto just was on sale for 40 bucks so i don't see me playing horizon zero dawn for a while (laughs) definitely and see, this is my thing. I need to, like, I told myself I was going to go back to the drawing board on how I was going to look at gaming. Like, Injustice drops next week. But after that, 
Like, I might not buy Madden. I might not buy 2K. Like, number one, sports games are one of the older, most overrated aspects in gaming because you honestly don't get anything new. You get revamp rosters, new lighting, maybe new menu music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? New menu colors. You're not, you're not getting a new game. 2K tries. FIFA used to try. But 2K okay. honestly makes an attempt to give you something new but not something you have to relearn either. Awoy moment, because, like, this is where shit gets real. Because I know I just had a conversation with someone over the weekend, and they said, well, Nintendo just gives you the same shit. They just give me Mario and uh, Link and Zelda. And I had to come back at him. He's like, so you're okay with Call of Duty and NBA 2K17 and shit like that. He said, yeah. Well, he said, yeah, why? I'm like, well... In all honesty, if you want to play that game, you could just say 2K could just get a fucking update every year and you just have one console pay maybe, what, 10 to 20 bucks per year for a new update and system change compared to me getting a new storyline of the same person but a different – you get what I'm saying? Like different storyline? And this is why I say I'm about to revamp on what games I look at. Because, like, I was just doing some research. I might look into buying this game, you know, once it goes on sale. But I don't even like baseball like that anymore. I am a fan of the Yankees. But uh, Sony's NBA, MLB, the show. Love that game. (laughs) New aspect of it is, all right, you got the 2017 version. You don't want to buy the 2018 version. That's cool. What I'm going to do is. I'm going to give you a whole system game update, update your rosters. You can continue your player from this year's version to the next year's version. So what what they're doing is, and, you know, of course, they're probably going to charge you some DLC, but that's probably how they'll recoup without, you know, having to redrop an entirely new game. So, you know, stay stay tuned for that. I don't know if that's going to work out long term, but – but that's the point. Like I said, like games aren't whole anymore. Like, cause like, when's the last time you played a, a, a complete game on one try, one run through? What's the last game you think you played? The Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. How much oh, well, DLC was in that game? It was hella dull DLC in that game. Like, pfft, it's DLC. I'm still playing when I get bored. Like, it's hella DLC. And like you said, like we don't. But get- I was disappointed in that game. Too, so you said we haven't had like complete gaming in a while compared uh, uh, compared to what we did back in the day because like I played Final Fantasy 15 beat that game platinum the game but I knew that the story wasn't over and that's what made it kind of disappointing now when you see games like Breath of the Wild and you look how big the game is and you're like oh my god there's so much to do and like when you beat it and also they said there's DLC. You're just like, I don't want to, I don't want to do the DLC because the game was so fucking big. I don't- and I don't understand how Rockstar is still getting away with Grand Theft Auto being 60 bucks face value. I, I love Grand Theft Auto online aspect of, you know, the RPG field player growth and, you know, you get different attributes and you get to do different things once you grow to certain levels. But that game is so damn big to play just as a casual user to just, like, drive around city to city. I don't want to dive into that DLC shit. 
Oh, so pretty much there is DLC for Grand Theft Auto? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like, you know, shark packages. You get, like, premium missions, premium cars. It's like, I wouldn't really call it DLC. It's like DLC air quotes, you know. Oh, so that's the one that bullshit shit. So it's yeah. like, yeah, we're trying to, we'll, we'll give you your shit. Oh, you want, you want. oh here's my money. Take it now. Cry <laughs> <Fry> moment. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you probably, because you look like Grand Theft Auto. So which one is your favorite? Because like I had a conversation with someone that I thought that four was the best one to me. And I don't play Grand Theft Auto. I've never played a single one, but I'll, I love the story. San Andreas. San Andreas? Hmm. San Andreas. my city. I like Vice City, but when you play San Andreas, it's like uh, it's like watching The Godfather one, and then they give you The Godfather two. Like that's like you can go tit for tat either one, but they're both right. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So on on this scale, what are your expectations for gaming from here on? out from from 2017 to 2018 what are your expectations for e3 and so forth uh to me e3 is a big glorified gamer con if that's what you want to call it i don't really feel Mm -hmm. like developers try to drop their best stuff there anymore because they like to do that independently like uh last year netherrealm had a little side display at comic-con uh, you know, DC did Warner Brothers, so per se. So, you know, there's different avenues to get, you know, big games out mm-hmm. versus, you know, going to E3. And, you know, LA is so busy around this time of year, it's not even a big spectacle as it used to be, especially with other stuff going on like PAX East, West, South, and so on. Oh, so you don't really have high hopes. But like you said, Injustice is coming out next week. Definitely. Right? Definitely. Okay. Outside of the fighting game realm of video games, we're not getting much, are we? I mean, a guy tried to sell me on Dark Horse. I haven't done my research on that yet. Uh, I don't really know too much about Dark Horse. Uh, but not really. You know, we're getting some more shooters, Call of Duty, Battlefront, Destiny 2. So I mean, like, I mean, like, like the this is like what I like to call the calm before the storm because, like, after when, when May is over. June and July is pretty much nothing. Well, there you have it. There you have it. I mean, like, do you did you ever feel like growing up that was some bullshit that all your games that you wanted to play always came out the same time you were in school? I did. I always thought that was weak as hell. Uh, (laughs) And and that's before the aspect of buying used games became, you know, such a hot thing. You know, commercial wise, at least, you know, you can buy them from like your friends or your, you know, your, you know, friends, brothers and so on, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I did always think that was weak as hell that like during the school year, you can never get nothing tight to play, especially living in Indiana, because, you know, it snows here like six to seven months out of the year. So I'm going to need something to do after school. Yeah, so and it's like, well, you gotta do your homework first. You're like, man, I'm gonna play the, I wanna play Halo. <laughs> why don't you like, why don't you like, why don't you like Xbox? That's a question I need to start asking people. What system they prefer more? I like Xbox. I don't have anything against Xbox. I just like the fact that uh, when I was making my choice between PS4 and Xbox One. 
uh, Xbox scared me with the you can't buy used games. And then I also felt like in their initial development stage, they were trying to be more of a multimedia console than a gaming console. PlayStation was selling me a gaming console like 360 was. Yeah, it's because, like you said, like, according to our friend David Smith, shout out to him uh, for Recency Bias Radio, it's like... Porter like Carl Paul. Porter Carl Paul. <laughs> Looking ass. <laughs> but but uh, he says it's like a chain of command. Like, this generation, it's like PlayStation, like Sony rules, and like last generation, Xbox rules. If the competition continues to grow like this, are we as gamers being held hostage for not having good titles coming out? Because, like, you can pretty much say that if there's not a lot of good IP coming out, like, let's say Death Stranding or the other game that by Kojima that's coming out, I don't know why I can't think of the name it might be death stranding i don't know but i'll tell you that it's like we're not getting really good ip let me ask you a question when's the last good ip game you played and finished uh, at last new you, ip or no just like like good ip the last good i play ip you played and finished oh breath of the wild of course that's that's a no-brainer um <laughs> i feel like this Gamers and developers are at a crossroad with all these esports leagues getting so big and sponsorships backing them. Developers aren't really developing, they're spitting out old stories and not giving us anything new. Like, I, w- I had so much hopes for No Man's Sky. Oh my gosh, you were on that train? I had so many good hopes for No Man's Sky. You know, I read articles and blogs and YouTube videos, and they was like, No Man's Sky, you know what I'm saying? You you know, this is the game you need. I'm like, man, you know, that shit was a complete flop. I mean, yeah, it was a complete flop because I've watched my friend play. One, I don't do first-person shooter games because I personally get sick sometimes playing it. I got to get over it, maybe, because like when Metroid drops for the Switch, I'm gonna have to play it. Thanks to my friend Seth Fulkerson, that's not gonna stop. Like he's so big into Metroid, I gotta see what the fuck's up with Samus. So, like, why is he liking so much? I care so much, but that Allison, they said that it was so big that you can't play with your friends. I'm like. Okay, that's a sounds really cool, but like when it comes out that the developers lied to all the his gamers, it's like, bro, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and you know I feel like that's why a lot of games are doing. You know, like I said, sports games are overrated, and I want to dive back into Final Fantasy, uh, but a lot of people are telling me like. Man, unless you want to spend money on DLC once you beat the game, and I mean, I can tell you straight up, beating Final Fantasy 15, the first playthrough, is going to be different for you than it was for me, and and like in everything, like every aspect, it's going to be a different feel for you than it was for the person that bought it when it came out always it's because it's they changed it like and like i've read articles like where they actually deleted scenes like it was supposed to be a really big game but seeing how they wanted to go the dlc route 
they deleted all their shit out just to make it the DLC. My thing is, I used to be so hype about DLC, but DLC, in a sense, has ruined gaming. And this is why I say that. All right, let's spend $63 on a game. Boom. Unless you're a little kid, you can only get convince your parents to do that once or twice a year. And, you know, most of us adults, we can buy the games we want. But, you know, kids who really buy these games, you know, they're, they're outside of major holidays and birthdays, your parents are only going to do that, you know, twice a year. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, DLC has created this marketplace where, you know, you have to buy the game and to be at a competitive advantage in some games, because let's keep in mind, getting the DLC doesn't even enhance your gameplay. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just, hey, we're just adding this feature on. Hey, you know, put your credit card in, you know, do your thing. We're downloading it to your console. <laughs> you feel and me? Take, <laughs> and it takes like three months, but like the problem with that is like if the game's gonna take if the DLC is gonna take three months for it to come out and you platinum the game in let's say a week or so, what are you gonna like did you do you really feel like you wasted your money? Right. And see like I stopped playing Call of Duty a month ago. Because I'm just trying to gear up my fatigue level for injustice. I, want, I, I know I'll keep talking about injustice, but I'm really hyped about it. Oh, you're fine. You're, let's see. Let's let's dive into the realm of comic books now, because we're going to that realm. We will start with Injustice. Now, tell me, how good was Injustice the the first one? Because I never played it. So, what made you like it outside of being a DC fan? I know you are one. Uh, and first off, the first Injustice was good, but as a DC fan, I didn't enjoy the story. Because, oh. you know, I read a lot of comic stories. So, you know, sometimes I can walk, not even saying it necessarily in a movie theater. I can just read how they're going to, you know, tell the story of a movie. And I'll know exactly what story they're using or referencing from. But um, the Injustice game was good because, I mean, it was like a glorified Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat game. Don't get me wrong. But it added just uh, a nostalgia level to some of these heroic characters that, like, are, you know, cult classics. Mm. So, pretty much, it was was Batman in it? I wasn't for sure. It should yeah, be Batman. 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 You know, they're not going to drop anything. <laughs> that's their, that's their uh, cash baby. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't, be- I can't believe you guys say that about Batman. I thought... But no one really liked Batman. Well, Batman is my favorite, man. Like, okay, so who is your let's say let's do this first. Who is your favorite comic book hero? My favorite comic book hero. Not really get into that later. So well, you, some people don't think Batman is a hero or a superhero. Uh, he is a hero. Anyone that dresses up in a cape and has a gadget to save others, he is a hero to me. He's uh, a he is the name of the fucking logo is Detective Comics. He is a detective, so world's smartest detective, uh, smartest detective to, to correct me on that. So that's fine. But he's still he is he is the perm, he is the entity the epitome of what the fucking logo is. I think I'm a, I, I got to ride with Batman. Batman. He represents me in a sense. Why is that? Because, uh, you know, I'm a good guy at heart, so I'm always going to do the right thing. But 
sometimes those lanes to doing the right thing might be controversial in some people's eyes. Mm. So, you know, my wife always tells me Batman isn't a superhero. He doesn't have any powers. Superman and kick his ass. And I'm like, true. But this is the difference. And this is why I think people really don't understand the complexity of Superman. He's always holding back. He's always at a complex within himself. Batman is a human. We all know humans can be savage, especially when they're scared, threatened, feel like they're going to be overpowered, feel like they're going to be forced to do something that's against their natural will. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's why, and that's why Batman, Bruce Wayne, the world's greatest detective, he epitomizes like all that 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 Superman can't. <laughs> but people say like people love Superman be- not because of his uh you know his strength. It was it, I think it's because it's just his uh he always does. No, that's more like the Flash. I take that back because Flash likes to always do the right thing. Yeah. As compared to Superman, it's just like I feel like he he's not overpower. It's not that he's overpowerful, but he's the ultimate alien, and it's like. I've said this countless many times is that he's a great character, but kids seem to like Batman and everybody else because they're, they have imperfections and with Superman, it feels like he is an ultimate alien. So he doesn't really have any imperfections. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely feel what you're saying. And that's why I feel like it's so hard to, you know, hit a home run with a character like that. I love Zack Snyder's adaptation of Superman. Oh, so like you're you're the first person I've known that actually says that they like Zack Snyder's Superman. Can you tell me why? I think people forget the type of world we live in. Like I'm a realist, so I look outside my window every day, and you know, it's 2017. People die, people get into car accidents, the stock market rises, it falls. And Zack Snyder kind of put those elements with uh, a demigod per se on the pl- alien, not a demigod, an alien with real life implications. Hmm. So I, I say this. I, I'll ask you this. How did you feel about the Man of Steel movie, then? I love the Man of Steel movie. I just told my wife before we go see Wonder Woman, I'm about to binge the whole DCEU just to make sure I got all the storylines <laughs> in my head. <laughs> That's funny. So, because, like, I don't... So you're okay with the whole Superman killing Zod? I don't have a problem with it. Like, there was only going to be one way. And what I love... When was the first death in a Marvel movie? Age of Ultron? Uh, in a Marvel movie, so we can't count. We can't count Spider Man, can we? No, just the MCU, Iron Man, Avengers, Thor, you know, Hulk. I think it was Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, yeah. Okay. With that being said, Zack Snyder right out the gate lets you know, hey, yeah, we got superheroes and capes trying to save the world. And aliens flying around, you know, reference to Man of Steel at first. Uh, but but people die. And what I like right out the gate in the DCEU storytelling, people who think it's so terrible, the world changed immediately in the next movie. 
I feel like Marvel doesn't do a good enough job to let me know that, you know, the Avengers just dropped a fucking asteroid on a European city <laughs> across the city. I mean, across the globe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I uh, actually, we've had this, con- like, I always say this. We have a conversation about how the Man of Steel movie wasn't a movie about Superman. It was a movie about Earth. I definitely think people missed the the moral of that story, and it was a def, a story of Lois Lane's connection with Superman. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I think people don't understand that's his only connection to humans. I mean, his parents, of course, and Zack Snyder kind of expressed that in different ways. You know, they're not really part of the comic mythos per se. You know, some some writers have included them, but Lois Lane is the focal point, and you know, without her, you know, we have nothing. That's kind of why, like, I don't understand why people didn't like, you know, BVS. That's just me, though. Oh, see, I thought B- BVS, Batman vs. Superman, for those that don't know, it was a really of an informational movie leading up to the Justice League. Definitely. Did and, I, did, did, like, did it not have his imperfections? It did. Now, every time I watch it, I'm like, you know, maybe if Zach would have, you know, let him say this or, you know, let a fight happen here, maybe people would have understood the story better. But I also think that we're living in an economic time climate where you've been tricked to where if stuff doesn't explode and go boom, you're not going to understand it. And, you know, this movie was more of about a psychological villain, Lex Luthor, because that was the true villain of the movie not doomsday yeah because um people said that jesse eisenberg was more of a lawyer and i'm like okay you can sit there and say that but that at that interpretation of lex luther is probably the best i've seen he since took, maybe kevin since kevin spacey he took words from the animated series new the new adventures of batman superman and i'm like wow like he's playing this scene now perfectly i remember saying that to my wife like sitting you know we live in indiana you know we're not no country hillbilly folk but we got drive-ins so you know i went to go see it the day it came out at the drive-in you know big screen style and i'm like man like he's acting out you know you know comic lore dc prestige Okay, like you said, like, uh, you know, Zack Snyder had the whole, uh, he liked Frank Miller's Batman, especially like when he, like when Batman zips, spoilers for, uh, <laughs> like where he, uh, where Batman zips and all of a sudden the lightning flashes and you're like, you know, that's the cover of Frank Miller's Batman. So yeah. obviously he likes that. And people say, I feel like, cause like, or you might not agree. I'm not for sure. The the last two movies, BBS and Man of Steel, are movies for the fans of DC and not critics. As it got as they get mixed reviews, do you feel that way? I do, and I also feel like people have been tricked into liking or not liking things because you know, by this, my other co-host, our other co-host, Dave Smith. Everybody tells me Suicide Squad was really good. They just tricked me with the trailer. Like, I thought it was going to be this, but it still was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
people need to understand that like DC isn't trying to be Marvel or Fox or Sony. You know, they're trying to go, they're trying to do their own things. We're about to get the first live action movie version of Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, not Linda Conan from the TV. You know, we're getting Gal Gadot. We're about to get the first live action Aquaman, Jason Momoa. So like, this is like prestigious, you know, historical moments in comic lore for a lot of DC fans. And, you know, it's going to be different and people need to understand that this, this isn't for the critics. This is for people who, you know, want payback for the Green Lantern movie, which I also didn't have a problem with. Really? I'm sorry, bro. That's probably the worst. I'm glad that Ryan Reynolds had fucked this shit. So, <laughs> um, like, I was I was so happy. But, see, like, but I don't that, understand this. People say, well, the whole movie was CGI. I'm like, okay, cool, bro. That's your opinion. But you love uh, Captain America Civil War because 60% oh. of the movie is CGI. Oh, yeah. I get what you're saying. But so, like, you know what I'm saying? Is that not like, you know, like, come on. Hey, what, what are we talking about here, Willis? Yeah, I think the difference is because, like, your movie, The Green Lantern, was an origin story that consisted nothing but CGI compared to Captain America's Civil two Avengers 2.5. Let's go ahead and call it what it is because that's all it is. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> was 2.5. And I'm not defending Green Lantern. I just said I didn't have a problem with it. If a movie... Oh, if no, a movie no, is no, shit, no, I'm gonna like, call it shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, like I, I know you'll call it shit. <laughs> I know you'll call it shit. We'll get into that here in a minute. But um like you said, like I guess because people are ready for seeing that action between that, because like there was something happening at all times. And like I think that's what people like about Marvel, is like it grasps your attention and compared to like your darker dc because like i'll be honest with you like i've said it countless many times on this podcast or even off air if this wonder woman movie is not good i probably won't like justice league i, I have high hopes for <laughs> i understand that but check this out as i'm playing like i'm replaying scenes of bvs in my head i understand like what Marvel and, you know, the MCU was doing with their characters. And some of their characters, they develop amazing. I love Doctor Strange. Uh, I love Ant-Man. Always got a shout out a brother, Black Panther, T'Challa. Mm-hmm. You know, he was amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm ready for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in BVS, they blew up the Capitol building with Superman in it. <laughs> the only yeah. reason why he didn't die is because he's Superman. Mm-hmm. So just like for me, it's not so much a dark and gritty and people are dying. It's just letting you know, hey, I can give you action too, but it's going to be on a scale so dramatic. You might miss how dramatic the moment is. Yeah. And like, I'm going to ask, I'm just going to go ahead and just ask every DC fan this question. And now the, it seems like I'm going to get a different answer. Do people not like this Superman, like this, like why do not people not like Henry Cowhill? I don't understand why they don't like him. Uh, I believe they don't like him because, like, uh, they want you know bright colors, G shucks, you know, they want Lois and Clark, Smallville Superman. Yeah, I mean, like, like that's the thing though. Like, I was told like countless times that Tom Welling was supposed to be Superman. 
I didn't want Tom Welling as a Superman. You didn't want him as Superman? Because, like, I, it, they said it was going to be a hit. He did Smallville, and that's when he got to go to the big screen. Yeah, like, f- and then I think, like, Smallville really wasn't – I mean, it was good. Like, a lot of the stories started to get redundant those last seasons. And, uh, like, come on, man. I feel like we just needed a fresh start. Like, honestly, if Man of Steel was the unofficial kickoff to the DCEU, I don't understand why we wanted to, you know, have a face we, you know, familiarize. They keep on saying DCEU. Can you tell me exactly what that is? The DC Extended Universe is just a copy, you know, from Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, okay, DCEU. That makes sense. I wasn't for sure. That way, for any younger listeners, you can understand that the Dr. Then I think, Detective Comics. Ex- I think I think uh, Fox got the Deadpool verse. I want to say that's what I seen on Twitter. I don't know if they gave them a name. Now that's a good thing. Good point. Do you feel like these? Because uh, like even the the whole like Justice League thing. One of my best friends feels like the person that plays the, uh, Alan Barry, the Flash, and like in the TV show. He yeah. should be. He should be. He should be in Flash in the Justice League movie. I'm like, no, bro. Like, that's not gonna work. That is- 50, I'm fifty fifty on that because Grant Gustin <laughs> is an amazing Flash, but like I say, we can't give a familiarized face to you know a new universe. Like I say, we're rebooting the whole universe. If that's the case, Christian Bale would have been Batman and not Ben Affleck. And we no, all so, and we uh, all agree he's the best my bad. my bad. So I, I think Michael Keaton was bro. You got you got whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I like say I'm Michael Keaton fan. So Christian Bale's good. I'm just saying I love Michael Keaton. So um but Christian Bell, do you feel like he just stepped away because he knew that Christopher Nolan wasn't going to be directed anymore? Or no. do you feel like he was just done? I just felt like Christian was ready to do, um, you know, different projects with the death of Heath Ledger. A lot of them, um, you know, in that movie decided to do different projects. You know, a lot of them came back to the comic realm. Um, but, you know, he was ready to do different stuff. He did. No, that's Bradley Cooper. I was about to say he did have an appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's Bradley Cooper. That's a, that's a Bradley Cooper, man. That's Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> Come on, man. That's the future, uh, you know, leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, you know. Rocket? <laughs> yeah, like that's spoilers for anybody that hasn't read it. But Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah but let's focus a little bit on Marvel now. Tell me why... <laughs> You didn't like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. This is why I didn't like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> it was a good movie. Uh, good shot. James Gunn did an amazing job. He um, depicted a good comic story. Yeah, it was you know fairly accurate. I feel like they spent more of the movie trying to set up Thanos and the Avengers and you know tie-ins to Earth than really giving us the Guardian story. The reason why Doctor Strange on the cosmic level was so good because it was small doses of Avengers. But this was about, you know, Stephen Strange and how he was going to fit into the bigger picture. Mm. But the, the problem is, I don't know. I don't know if it's really a problem, but 
when the Affinity Wars comes out, how the fuck is Marvel gonna do this fucking movie? I think this is what like this goes back to when people are being tricked. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm hype as hell about the Infinity War what's gonna bring, but I also know how the story is gonna play out. And it can only go in two ways, especially with so many planned movies. Um, it can only go one or two ways or Marvel can do it. Uh, you know, Thor and Hulk are gonna have the Doctor Strange tie-in, you know, Thor Ragnarok. And Guardians is going to have different references in uh, Black Panther. Uh, other than that, I don't know what Marvel has announced, but I just feel like the announcement of movies before scripts are made has ruined movies in Hollywood, period. I, do you feel like uh, the Wonder Woman movie should have came out before BV, BVS? Um, I don't know. Jeff Johns co-wrote the movie. You know, yeah. I don't know if you guys know about Jeff Johns. He's a good writer. You know, he's back to writing comic books and TV shows. Teen Titans is going, you know, be coming out late this year. Teen Titans is finally coming out. Thank God. Yeah, live action. But they were, you know, they're going to be on the WB stream. So it's going to be a new streamer service, you know. Oh, shit. I know, right? We got to get another one. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I'm tired. Right, bro. The new Get one on Amazon Fire Stick. Well, at least when our kids have this shit, they're gonna be like, "Oh, here's one button, Netflix." Instead of us, we gotta get fifty streamers. <laughs> oh my God, fuck the bullshit. Yeah, but man. so pretty much, uh, you you don't like you said like the announcement because like the Black Panther movie. Why are we doing a Black Panther movie if we just did saw him in American uh, Captain America? Uh, there's going to be ramifications that still have to go unanswered from Age of Ultron with the vibranium being stolen. Him assuming the mantle as Black Panther, you know, the king of the tribe, uh, mm -hmm. Wakanda, you know, we, we got that. You know, he picked up the mantle in uh, Civil War. So that's kind of why we need an explainer. And I feel like they need to make that happen because Captain America, you're going to need him to fight Thanos. And, you know, that's why Iron Man really didn't, you know, throw the burner phone away at the end of Civil War because he knows it. He knows the truth deep down. His feelings was just hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, anyone that kills your mother over and it's, I'm like you knew it the whole time, bro. Come on. He didn't like, know, though, bro. It wasn't his fault, though, bro. You don't think that's Captain America's fault? <laughs> he didn't know, bro. I'm talking about it wasn't the Winter Soldier's fault. Oh, because but he like even even Tony said like I don't care. You killed my mother. Like, I actually think Winter Soldier is the best MCU project they didn't came out with since Avengers. Really? Of Age of I mean Winter Soldier was amazing how they shot it, the scenes, the acting, like they you can tell they took their time. You know they delayed it like a year to make sure they got it right. And you can yeah. and that's probably why it's the best one. And you know what's sad about that though, is that I didn't like the first Captain America whatsoever. You and like I thought it was beast smoke. I fell asleep countless of times through that fucking movie, man. Like I just can't get I just can't I just can't get into Captain America. Like he's just I saw Civil War, but I saw him for all the wrong reasons. I saw it for Spider Man. Didn't care about anybody else in that fucking movie. What <laughs> well, well Ant Man's pretty good. I don't know if you like Ant Man. Do you like Ant Man? I definitely like Ant Man. Paul Rudd is perfect for that character. You know, funny. 
smart. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people don't know he is a smart character. Um, you know, his his sequel is supposed to come out before Thanos comes mm-hmm. to destroy the world and galaxy. So, but like, they um, don't. Are you, can, you there? You good? Yeah, 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 I'm good. You know, okay. my my uh, people say that Marvel is getting a little ridiculous with this whole implanting that you might have to watch a previous movie just to understand how their universe works. I get it that everything is connected. You see it in the freaking TV show with with uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist that they're also part of the Marvel universe. But they people are starting to feel like, I understand lore is good, but I don't feel like, like uh, is it a necessity to have to go watch another movie just to understand what's going on now. Well, I think franchises have been a part of Hollywood for forever. So that's one. Uh, is it a necessity? No, if it's a good movie. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you wanted to skip every Marvel movie before Winter Soldier, like, you could start in Winter Soldier and understand everything that's going on. Pretty okay, that makes sense. So, but what I'm trying to say is that people don't seem. No, like they say, like keeps spending money. Yeah, prime example. I know people that haven't seen the Ant Man movie, but when you see that scene at the end of like where Captain America and Falcon are talking about how they need somebody, and the Falcon says, "I know a guy," and then you see that scene in Civil War again. If you've seen Ant Man, you know exactly what the fuck he's talking about. Definitely. And, like, people that have never seen that man are like, okay, what happened in that movie? I'm like, oh, they fought, and then he beat Falcon. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Like, What I don't like about Marvel doing that post credit scene, this isn't anything new in movie making. The Matrix actually did it after the first one, and people missed it until they released it on DVD. You know, that was like 99, so DVD was still like, you know, a new thing. People didn't really sit in the theaters after the credits. Mm-hmm. But, so, but you know, a lot of people don't know that if you look at the end of the credits on The Matrix 1, you know, they have a scene where, you know, they're letting you know, Neo, the, the, the crew, they're coming back. Uh, funny story about that uh, Matrix shit. I'll tell it real quick. I've watched, I've seen all the Matrix. Love those. Love them. And, like, recently, like, maybe in the last five months or so, I started watching uh, Matrix Reloaded, like, on TV. Like, I remember it, thought I remember it. I turn around, I was doing something, I think I was hooking my charger up. Next second, this fucking movie turns into Matrix Revolutions, and I'm like, did I miss something? (laughs) <laughs> like like did I like really like th- like this does the matrix reload it end on a cliffhanger yeah. I don't remember that shit yeah it does does it okay I was like uh, like cause it just went into the matrix revolution uh, I was like or is it revelation I can't remember the name but it's like what the fuck did I miss you I know, know I- <laughs> every time you know I catch your first show when you were talking about tokenism and the connection to Christianity. And 
if you really pay attention to the matrix, it's a lot of symbolisms that the Wachowski brothers, I, I had to say that real slow. I don't want to mess up the name. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a lot of symbolisms of, you know, Christianity aspects that they tied into the movie. If you really you know oh, yeah. what you're looking for, I guess. Yeah. Because like you see it in gaming, you see it in like, even in star Wars, you see the whole theme of someone being the chosen one. And there's something about uh, the light and the dark, and like how one side you can you could honestly say that it's Christianity on one side, then the devil's on the other. And if you go to the dark side, then you're pretty much dark now. Right. You can, say, you can actually say that because so that was what makes Anakin Skywalker's character such so appealing to some people is that. He just banishes everything that he stood for to go to the dark side. And that's what makes him such a great character. And so, like, when we have Luke, you're like, well, Luke isn't that great. He's just the chosen one. Uh, I like Luke. I think people, uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars, you know, Luke is your hero. Well, actually, he's your co-hero. Anakin is the hero and the villain. Yeah, and like there's like I said, like there's two personas and like the whole uh, Anakin Darth Vader, like they're both there. Like he like he still has goodness in him, but he's just he's just so far into the darkness that it it took Luke to come to make him come back. Now, seeing how we're on Star Wars, did you feel like uh did you read any of the books growing up? I read a like, lot any of, of the books. I read a lot of the books, uh Knights of the Old Republic, um you know, a lot of Boba Fett, you know, single sh- stories, uh, uh, some Tatooine stories, um, Clone Wars, hella Clone Wars stories, Le- the Legend series, all those. So how do you feel about when Disney comes out and says that all the shit that you read is not canon? I was like, at first I was mad, but I understood why they needed to do it. They wanted to take, you know, different aspects of different stories to create a new story for the new generation. And I know a lot of people say The Force Awakens is exactly like A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. But at the same time, it left the door open for so many more different spinoff movies and different stories outside of the Skywalker lineage to be told. Okay, here's an Aoi movement. Another one. Aoi loving it right now. Because I am a big Star Wars fan. And like, I, I even had this debate with somebody. Is that, well, how are you going to sit there and paint, you know, uh, say that these original trilogies or it, and all of a sudden you decide to make prequels, and like, like no, I can't go for it. Like, I'm not going. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? The, what you're saying is that you don't want to see the lore behind how the original trilogy fucking started, and that's the fucking problem. You're talking about sales. If fans demand to see what happened, how Anakin turned to the dark side, then they deserve to see it. Granted, George Lucas probably didn't want to do it, but seeing how it's a story, it's like saying this. And, like, because I know you're a Harry Potter fan. Could you imagine reading? No, no, no. Could you imagine seeing Fantastic Beasts and where to find them before even reading or knowing about the Harry Potter series? 
Hell no. <laughs> exactly. You want to see that shit. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I was trying to tell. Like he doesn't understand that that lore is what makes people want to see more of it. Because like when someone says something, you're like, oh, okay, I remember that. And that's what the is with Star Wars. It's like when you get to a new hope after coming off Revenge of the Sith, you're like, Oh, so his dad was that. And like when you see Darth Vader, you're like, oh shit, that is Anakin. So and like people have their weird way of watching Star Wars. It's like you watch four, five, then two, three, then you watch six, and you miss episode one. I was like, damn, that's fucked up that y'all just cut out episode one, but whatever. Episode one is definitely not the strongest, but it's a lot of storytelling that needs to be told for this shit to make sense. I mean, like I said, like some shit is informational. Like Harry Potter, Half-Blood Prince, like you said, it slept on. I remember your Facebook post. You said the sixth book of Harry, sixth movie of Harry Potter is slept on a lot. And the reason why it slept on is because it's so much information that you need to know. I think people were so mad that Snape was a villain, air quotes. By the time, by the time that they understood that he really was the hero, yeah, because he really was the hero. I honestly felt like Dumbledore was the snake of the whole everything. I mean, like especially uh, reading, you know, some of the lore behind the the screenplay behind Fantastic Beasts. I mean, like seriously. That and that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's such an informational thing that you, it's necessary. Like because like my aunt has never read a fucking Harry Potter book in her life. She watches that movie every single movie, every holiday, every time it comes on a free form, which is what it used to be called ABC Family. I love I love Harry Potter weekend. Like, bro. I don't leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't leave the house. Like she has the all this shit on Blu-ray DVD unopened and she still watches it. She's like she waits for commercial break so she can go pee. She She's comes back. Like <laughs> she's like you don't understand that like I, I always talk about how that book series started me to become a writer and like inspired me to do become a lot of things in my life. But one thing I will say next to Pokemon that book series brought my family closer together. And I don't know why, but I appreciate whatever J.K. Rowling did. Because everyone was like, well, I just wanted to do it because you were, you liked it. And it's like, it was something that we all got to do. We just sat down and watched Harry Potter. I could actually say the same thing because my <laughs> mom, she has never read a book. But she'll watch all the Harry Potter movies. And like my, me and my sisters, we read the book. She put me on game on the books. Okay, so sometimes I don't know, like I'll just be in like the store and I'll just look at a person and be like, "You mud blood," (laughs) and like I'll laugh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll laugh hysterically at myself, and I'm like, nobody knows what this means but me. (laughs) Yeah, but like I said, like Harry Potter is just such a big culture shock of like because like it really is if you look at it a character. I can't go too deep into this because I'm saving this for part three. But I will say that Harry himself is like a deeper connection with you because you really want to know what happens to at the end of the book. And it's like, and it's just the whole idea of schooling and growing up. And like, as you're reading, you're actually growing up with the character. And it's like, oh, wow. 
Like I, I have also I can I'm looking at all seven books right now and I can tell you what happens in each book. Devil. I think the Harry <laughs> like Potter this. movie franchise is probably one of the first to edit the the screenplay perfectly from the books. Like well people well people argue that it's not adapted right. And I'm like, really? Uh, he said, Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I would have done it better. That, if you say that, I feel like you're nitpicking. You got to understand, we got to make this for casual fans who've never read the book. Yeah, I'm like I said, like if you if you're so much better, then why don't you just go ahead and become? Why don't you go into screenplay? Right? <laughs> oh, I don't have the time to do that. Well, obviously you have a problem with it. Go do something about it. Well, I can't. I don't think I'll be any good. But you just said you really could do it better than do it. Okay. I'm challenge. I'm challenging you to do it. <laughs> like I hope you can. I know you're the host, but I gotta ask you a question. I, I ask me any question. What's the sickest Harry Potter moment? And then I'll share mine. Like when you were watching the movie, what's the moment that you you saw and you were like, "What the fuck?" Like I remember reading that, and now I'm seeing it. Well, like let's let's be let's be clear. Um, I start the second the first book I read was the Chamber of Secrets. Say. But Chamber of Secrets. But the thing about it is that I didn't actually start reading the book until I watched the second movie. So the sickest moment, I would have to say, I'm sorry for spoilers, but that movie is like 10 plus years old. (laughs) The sickest sickest moment I ever saw is when he was down in the chamber with a with Jenny and all of a sudden he says uh Tom Riddle spells out that he's I'm Lord Voldemort. That was probably the scariest moment I ever felt as a kid. <laughs> hey <laughs> uh hey I gotta agree with you. <laughs> yeah me, that's probably up there. For me, I think was it prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah. Yeah, so after they figured out, you know, the story of Sirius Black um, and Harry and Hermione are at the lake and the Dementors are attacking him and then he just breaks out with the... Oh, he's back to Patronus. With the Patronus and, like, just, like, clears it out. I was like, damn, oh, my God, this nigga Harry's going sick. And then... when dude did the same thing in the flash or like with like the weather wizard one, I was like, shout out to Harry Potter. <laughs> See, that's the thing though, but Harry is that you don't know what to expect for. He's like a wild card. Actually goes into like, if you look at it, he is an extension of the DC universe. If you want to say that, cause he really isn't just a detective <laughs> doing shit. He shouldn't be doing. <laughs> If you were to think about it, so yeah, definitely. I think um, you know Harry is—he's definitely pop culture at this point. We can say, you know, what I'm saying people definitely who haven't read the books uh, understand who he is and understand the fan, you know, craze for him. Mm-hmm. No, because a pop, like I said, like there, like when you were—I don't know if you ever went to go pick up the books, but like. That that's like that. My aunt so crazy about how people would dress up, getting ready, gin like doing trivia, and it's like everybody was just having a good time. And like when eleven fifty rolls around, everybody's just standing up to get that book, just ready. 
And like, I've never been to a book reveal, but I've heard stories. Like, I know a person, like, I was standing, like, for the last one, The Cursed Child, the one that recently came out. I need to actually go pick up a copy of that again because uh, car, I had a car wreck a couple months ago. And, yeah. Is that a new one, The Cursed Child? Yeah, The Cursed Child Part 1 and Part 2 is actually, I'm not trying to add or anybody, no ads yet, <laughs> working on it, but it's actually coming into the United States. They're going to be traveling. So if I, you're, you live in Indianapolis, I would to say try to catch it if it comes into your state definitely yeah yeah but but back to the story is that i was talking to this girl cute girl i was like oh snap she was talking about like man i'm not gonna read it tonight i'm just gonna read it another night but she says i remember she says i remember when the seventh book came out that People had free copies of it, like at the place that she was. She was at camp, and people had gotten free copies of their shit, and she couldn't read it yet. So what happened was, they when she left, her parents gave her her book, and she didn't talk to them the whole way home. She was so enthralled in that book; it was awesome. <laughs> like I think Harry Potter is the only book series next to Lord of the Rings. And maybe Chronicles of Narnia for me, where I, I can, where I can like just get lost in the world and forget what the hell I'm doing. I gotta say, uh, Divergent series did that for me. Divergent, hmm. Wow, we can dive into that real quick. Did you know that all five of those things are Christianity? I didn't. Yeah, because the way that it's also a structured at school because the way people are different uh, and each one like being dauntless and I can't think agonemony. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but those five are actually how school structures are for like nerds uh, pop. I mean, preps it's, it's all that, but it's also a way of looking at the different denominations of church. With Christianity, Catholic, Pentecostal, Baptist, you know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah. the only reason, the only reason why I got that out of it is because everything's structured, and like if you were to go to a different way, like she did, it's a four. No, not four. Uh, but he's a main character. But do you remember the girl's name? Uh, Beatrice. Beatrice was dauntless it's like a way of saying that she didn't care for her lifestyle of being a christian somewhere else so she switched denominations the reason i'm like i could be wrong but when i read the back you could actually read it in your copy is about how she how the author says that christianity has played a big part in her role and like I just kind of made the connection to myself. I could be wrong, but like when you've read C.S. Lewis or Tolkien and you realize that they're so submerged in the way that they think, it just kind of out, if that yeah, makes sense. It does resonate. It, it makes a lot of sense. But then it goes back to the, uh, the Matrix and the Wachowski brothers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? By the time you get to the end, and if you even look at how neo gives himself up he kind of symbolizes a cross yeah 
So you know like I said all these like all these A Boy moments are awesome. Like I said, even with them, like the whole um, even Neo himself sacrificing himself. It's like just to make sure that everything happens, which is cool. Is that how Christianity has played a big role in some form that people don't look for? But people would go like, well, I'm not looking for that because I'm just watching the movie. And that's fine. But if you're going to be like into literature or if you're going to be into gaming or just anything you do or you just want to be a doctor, let's say you're going to be a doctor, your designation is to analyze every problem or every situation to understand it and how to make it better especially as a doctor but as an as a writer your objective is to something make people understand and then fulfill it with great character support if that makes sense oh russian well let me hold down the fort <laughs> actually he's the first person to actually have to use a restroom but um with that being said, is like even when you're, like I I can admit that sometimes you hit writer's block. Writer's blocks really suck sometimes, and because you don't know exactly if you're ever gonna pick up your writing style again. And with that being said, I used to write. There's a play that I wrote. It's called the word The World Ends with You. That play took me maybe five months longer than what it should have. It's because, and the reason why it happened is because I didn't have the desire to actually write anymore. So what I did was I started, I turned my attention to video games and everyday life. But when you're writing a play, the character's voice always comes back to you. So I I, I love play actors. Oh, do you? (laughs) More than you know, film actors personally. Really? So isn't it, isn't it kind of weird seeing Denzel Washington actually do a play compared to actually acting? Cause it's like, really, you can do both, man. <laughs> I actually, it, think it takes more skill to be a play actor because you have to command the attention of every person in that theater for the performance to even make sense. And, oh, yeah. I, and I always say like, the actors who can transition from, you know, Broadway to, you know, like big time movie, they are really talented at their skill. And those are the ones, the Meryl Streep's, the De Niro's, the Pacino's, you know, the Denzel's who, you know, stay acting until they go out like Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. R.I.P. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Man, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna be a for her. Last Star Wars thing. What is your expectation for The Last Jedi? I feel like I've been asking this question for everybody because I hate to say, I, like, I don't care if you're a Star Wars fan or not. It's a Star Wars year, man. Like, you, we have all these superhero movies coming out from May to August or, set, or November. November, because that's when Thor comes out, I think. December. We have Disney. No, no, no. It's Thor. Thor. Oh, yeah, Thor. Thor. Yeah, so that comes out in November. But I'm saying we have all these superhero movies. Like, yeah, I'm like, so I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Can't wait for it. But at the end of the day, the Star Wars year. Like, nothing, everything falls short of Star Wars. 
what is your expectation for The Last Jedi? I definitely wanted to get darker. What I like is the Je- the Jedi Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams, he didn't mess it up. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, he had that a, very hard to do or easy to do. He couldn't do it because, like, if he – I feel like if J.J. Abrams is on as a director, nothing will – be screwed up because he has sci-fi unlocked right now because he has Star Wars and Star Trek. He really has everything unlocked. So I don't fear anything. So do you feel like there's going to be a balanced Jedi, Darth Vader, like, uh, and I mean, a dark side? I feel like if you watch the Clone Wars series, uh, that's kind of where there's going to go to where the light and the dark, you know, you know, getting into some avatar, you know, bending shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, you you kind of got to merge to become one one being with the force, if you will. So, do you think there'll be force there'll be force benders? So like they'll be able to use both, use light and dark. Yeah. Is that how you like feel? How, yeah, kind of like how we were just talking about with the divergent series, we got factions of force users. Cuz if you've yeah. seen Rogue One, he could use the force per se, but he wasn't a Jedi. You said Rogue One or Yeah, was Rogue One. Was Luke was Luke in Rogue One? No, he wasn't. He was uh he wasn't even mentioned. It was just yeah. uh Vader. This oh, was yeah, more, but, this was more about the building of the Empire. Yeah, because like that's pretty much like a three point five in a sense, so which makes sense. So you pretty much feel like it is going to be that. And that's going to be cool. I feel like some people say that Luke is just going to go straight to the dark side. Definitely not. That would be, you know, they waited too many. If that's the case, we could have been did that. <laughs> we could have <laughs> that in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, we could have done that in the Return. But people say that about the Return of the Jedi because he was wearing the darker suit that he I mean. Wore- if you want to say that he did go to the dark side temporarily, but he was able to snap out of it. <laughs> yeah. I think that, like I said, that was probably the best line for me in like the whole trip, like that whole trilogy of the, the like, I've never the dark side, my father before me. And like, I feel like that was a really good. Yeah. Line. Yeah, and and I just that's a testament to the way movies were made back then. Good character death, great storytelling, a good linear story that connects beginning, middle, and end. And newsflash, people, it was a trilogy. It was a franchise. This isn't new just because it's a comic movie. Yeah, it's not, it's not new. And like, if you have a problem with this movie, these movies, you need to go talk to Fast and Furious because they have eight of them bitches out. <laughs> Overrated. I'm gonna just leave it there. <laughs> You're gonna leave it overrated. Damn. Like mm-hmm. only thing. Only thing I'll admit that I like for uh, the Fast and Furious franchise is that, that their idea of family and friends. That's the only thing I care for. Definitely. But like, cause like when they like, I say this. Have you seen the Grand Tour? The Grand uh, Amazon. But have you seen uh Top Gear? Have you seen Top Gear? Haven't. You haven't seen Top Gear, so... Uh, anyways, if you watch Grand Tour on Amazon, you will really say that the Fast and Furious movies are a piece of fucking shit. It's funny as hell. 
the well, way they talk about cars. They just talk I, about cars. I, I always felt like without the Rock to Fast and the Furious movies, probably would have sank, you know. Like, speaking of which, you said that in your latest episode. Talk to us about that, of how you feel about Dwayne Johnson. <clears throat> See, my thing on Dwayne Johnson is he's a total professional rock star athlete, does good family movies. He's crossed over to the action but at this point, he's becoming so oversaturated. I don't know if his quality is even good. You know, later on this year, we're going to get a Rampage movie. And that's like, you know, a spiff on the 80s, you know, arcade game. We're going to get Baywatch in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's going to have Jumanji. Like, like, come on, bro. And then, you know, all those DC fans are scared in our boots if he doesn't perform well in the Shazam role. You know, and Man of Steel too, because he's going to be the villain in that role. Mm, so, I get he's supposed to be Shazam. Oh yeah. God! Well, he's Black Adam. You know, the first Shazam. Oh hell no, man! Not <laughs> <laughs> only with the Rock. I mean, said that's like, won't you, like, bro? You do you realize that this man is on a four-year hiatus for the WWE right now? And 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 that's my thing. I watched uh, WrestleMania last year, and yeah. he he had like that thirty second match. Like, hey guys, I'm here. You know, I can still touch a ring. And I'm like, all right, bro, that's cool. You know, little publicity stunt. Vince McMahon gave you a check. Blah blah blah. Or more so, he told you to show up. You know, have you? Yeah. Uh, like, come on, bro. Like, give the wrestling fans what they want to because they made you. Without them, I don't know if you would have an entertainment career, per se. Mm. And maybe that's fine. Maybe you want to leave the WWE alone forever. But, like, at least announce that and don't just leave people hanging. Yeah. Because, like, John Cena, I think he's, like, because he just came back. He said, look, he said, y'all really think that once the door for Hollywood happens for me, that I'm never coming back. He said, that's not true. I won't <laughs> I won't stand for that. Be- I feel like the problem, like I said, I know we're not trying to go into WWE room. I think that they're trying to make John Cena the rock. I said that. I said the- that, like, about five years ago when they came out with the Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You felt that way too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the premiere wasn't bad. It was like you know, hey, let's see what you can do with a camera, flex a muscle, kill a bad guy. Wasn't bad. Yeah, but it's, it's not a bad movie. It's just the fact that like when like if you're just if you watch wrestling, you're just like you can tell who's trying to make their next Stone Cold Steve Austin or their next Undertaker, and it's like yeah, no, you can't you can't take the Attitude Era. And do what you're doing in the new era. Duplicated. That's just straight. Yeah, yeah. That's it's straight bullshit. bullshit. Well, we're, yeah. Like I said, uh, a lot of AWOD movies. I'm going to ask you this question that I didn't like. I said I know half the topics that we, I maybe we haven't even discussed. <laughs> Look, we're almost like two. Like I said we're almost two hours in. Like this is nothing because like classic critics is like two and a half hours, and like you guys should really check that out. I'm my question is to you is. What made you decide to start YouTubing? Um, you know, I just was watching Arrow season two. And I was like, man, you know, I just was, 
inspired to like, man, I should, I can tell people about this or talk to people about this. And like, that was just where the idea started. And so like, by the time that came, we got the flash season one and I was just, you, you know, research, researching all around the web. Who was the reverse flash? How to find him? And I stumbled on this one guy's YouTube and I'm like, man, this is bullshit. I can give a better synopsis of what I just watched than him. He just got better equipment. And, you know, that's where it started. You know, the YouTube. And then, you know, we got the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, I wanted to do it because, you know, I get to talk about stuff I love. Mm-hmm. And that's all this is. It's just being creative and talking about stuff. Like, for any, do you have any advice for anyone that's trying to start a YouTube um believe in yourself believe in yourself like if you don't believe in yourself uh it's, it's gonna be very hard because i'll be having days even when i'm in a good mood like man i don't even want to look at that damn computer i don't want to touch it open it but you know what i'm saying you got to believe that you know this is going to be the one that goes viral this is going to be the one that kicks you in the dough you never know you know what I'm saying? Who is searching, you know, what you could be putting out. It can be a million dollar, you know, click of a button. And make sure you have a good team behind you because, you know, them days you don't want to do it, they're going to convince you to do it. Yeah, because, like, in all honesty, like, when we always say support, like, leave a rating, do this or do that. It's not for us. It's just knowing as an artist that someone's actually caring. It's okay for you to sit there and say, like, yeah, I liked it. But, like, if you don't leave a review, it doesn't open the door for other people to see it. Right. Like, that's why we stress it so much. And, like, I'm not even I'm not even trying to sound like a dick or jerk, but, like, that's how it is. And people, like I said, I enjoy, like, people enjoy doing this. You enjoy doing that. We enjoy doing classic critics. We love just having fun. But, like, I know sometimes, like, if no one is viewing this shit, it kind of makes you wonder, should I continue to view, like, should I continue to do this shit? Definitely. But, and that's but, like, like I say, it just, that's where it comes in where you got to believe in yourself because ain't nobody going to believe in it until you show them that it's even worth the time. And exactly. then that, that's where the support's going to come in. Exactly. Because, like, I'll admit, like, I enjoy this shit too much. Like, there's, like, there's no turn back. I'm glad that we all, or connected and doing clash or dominate impulse or recency bias and like whoever like i said whoever wants to start a podcast that i know i will help them be like look this is what you need to do let me know when it goes up i'll write a review for you not even gonna lie just i'll write a review for you it's no big deal <laughs> i i believe in you man if, especially Especially if it's something of quality, whether, you know what I'm saying, I know you or not, because, you know, quality is quality. Yeah, quality over quantity. Definitely. And, and like, people will understand that the more that they see, like, I remember when J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter book, prime example, there was only 100 copies made, and, like, it didn't take off, and all of a sudden, now it's the biggest book to ever come out. Which book Shit was like that? The first one? The first book. Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah, Sorcerer's Stone is only like 100 books. You know, she only printed. I think people sleep on that movie too. 
<laughs> Sorcerer Stone? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, bro. That's the most boring one of them all. It is boring. <laughs> it is but the reason I say people sleep on it is it's a lot of Easter eggs referenced in the last movie from that. You'd be like, wow, this definitely played out all the way from the beginning. Yeah, like you said, like you look at all the shit, like, like, uh, you look at all shit that plots up and how it connects to later on in the books. It's really awesome. Now, do you have any books to recommend to the people? Um, Forty Eight Laws of Power. Always. What's up with this book? Um, it's it's more about a dive into yourself and how you view the world and some of your actions that you push out that bring you, you know, wanted or unwanted attention. Mm. So you know. So it's just more of a self motivation. It's not a motivational book, but by the end of it, you're going you're going to be motivated to change different aspects about self. Mm. Is there any movies you would recommend right now outside of the comic book hero? Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Ooh, I'm now a big fan. My realm. I'm a big fan of you know Jack Sparrow. The fourth movie was terrible. Penelope Cruz terrible. But this one, they got the original screenwriters. They got your, the original director. They got the original choreographer, choreographer, <laughs> choreographer. Sorry, no, late up in here. Uh, but it, I feel like this movie and the energy is gonna be like Black Pearl level one edition. Mm, so, like, well, out in defense of the on Stranger Tides, it is the prologue to all of it. So. But then people argue, why'd you make your pro go all glass? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of it's kind of bullshit. Okay, so what music would you recommend someone to listen to? As like if you look at it, like there's a lot going on, like Kendrick Lamar. There's a lot Logic. of good music. Uh I like Big Sean's album. I really like Wale's album. Mm, so recommend those. What are they called? Uh, Wale's is called Shine, and I think Big Shine is my dark fantasy. Oh, you're talking about that one. You're talking about the. Yeah. You're not talking about the one that's supposed to come out this year. Yeah, I don't fuck with you. It's actually a really good album. Yeah, yeah, that album is you know pretty good. He's telling some stories that I think people, you know, are mm. missing out on. So, um, what's the other one called? I can't think of it. Um, bounce uh, back is it bounce back? Bounce back, yeah. That's a yeah. Really, that one's really good too. So, as we're on that, and this will be the last topic. Kendrick Lamar. No, 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 no. Let's 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 stay away from music. I know your take. If you if you guys want to see something really funny, look <laughs> at Derek's video talking about DJs and Kendrick Lamar. That's probably the best shit I've seen about that shit in a while. We're going to focus on sports because, like, you said Madden is your favorite sport. I know you're excited with the Indianapolis Colts, but the way they drafted. But let's talk about these NBA finals as it is the main topic right now. The main topic in sports right now. Gotcha. At least I do you see because I like I heard from a friend that Ginobili blocked James Harden tonight. 
I heard about that. Um, did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like right at the beginning, the first hour of the podcast. Uh, oh my Bleacher God. Report popped it up on my phone. That definitely happened. <laughs> so, do you feel like do you still do you see uh, a round three of Cavs and Warriors, or do you see the Rockets or Spurs pool in the party for the uh, Warriors? Uh, well, you know, shout out to Clash of Critics because I did say Spurs and six. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's definitely gonna be Cavs and uh, Warriors part three. Oh, so. Do you like how did how did you feel? I know you're a big LeBron fan. So yeah. how, how did you feel when KD decided to join the Warriors and pretty much become the villains of the league? I didn't understand it. It wasn't a good basketball move because number they didn't need them. Number one, they didn't need you. Number two. <laughs> That wasn't the best spot for you. Like, had he went to Boston, I would have been cool. Hell, he could have went to Orlando or Dallas or Phoenix or the Lakers. He could have went to all these places. I would have been cool with. But you went to the one team that didn't need you, so now you're riding their coattails to greatness because they've already proved with their players, their core at least, they can win the title. So what are you bringing to the table? And then, look, you set out an entire playoff series, and they prove again that they're scoring efficiency goes up six-plus po- points. And you're yeah. the second-blessed player in the NBA. Yeah. And, like, honestly, like, a lot of people have been playing 2K because, like, that's their sporting game, and, like, this is a word of influence. And I understand that they like to enjoy playing video games of, you know, like, sports. But – I do agree sometimes some games aren't fair to play. And, like, what that means is, like, when you go to play 2K online, you know automatically people are going to play with the Warriors or the Cavs. And it's just – It's boring at that point. It gets boring. And, like, I really didn't buy 2K. I was like, well, I know I'm not going to play it because it's the only two teams people are going to play with. And, and like that's kind of why I didn't even start watching basketball until, I mean, I witnessed all of Russell's great triple doubles for, throughout the year, but um, until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, uh, Russell Westbrook, if he doesn't win MVP, this is a hot take, a way moment, is that if he does, if Russell Westbrook does not win MVP. I feel like if you're a basketball fan, even though it's for fan voting, we need to boycott this whole fucking league because that's bullshit. Definitely. If some if someone averaged a triple double and After also the best player in the league, supposedly historic run beat Oscar Robinson, who had forty one, and he did it with less games. And he did it with more games, but with less talent. So let's get it, guys. Like we, he, like we all just need to come together and realize that Russell Westbrook is the MVP. Now, if you vote for LeBron, I have no problem. I mean, like I'm not a LeBron fan, but if you say everything he did statistically, because like, I, if believe it or not, this is his best year statistically. Did you know that? I did. 
Yeah, this is his best year stats wise. Like 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 we looked it up and everything. This is his best year. And it's ridiculous. But you can also argue that he rested, but still those stats are stats and you can't deny it. Well, he also played more minutes than anyone too, so Yeah. And like so is there any questions you want to ask me? Oh uh, no, I'm good, bro. I'm in your world. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. I'm just vibing. <laughs> like everybody does that. It's like, oh, like you caught me on the spot. I'm oh, like, no. I'm like, catch. How did I catch you on the spot? It's on. I gave you the topics. Shit, give me something, you know. But um, we're gonna wrap this up because, like, I know you got to work and I got to work. So, and like this, uh, like, where can we find you at? Uh, I'm all over the place, bro. Dominating impulse on Twitter. Dominating impulse on YouTube is the keyword. Um, like us on Facebook, Dominating Impulse, the podcast. Like we all over the place, man. The trifecta, we taking over. I do, yeah. I do, I do got one question for you. Okay. Uh, you know, you drop them. Your frequency and your shows is amazing. Like I get to tune in to you. You know, like every couple of days, and I like that because I be doing different stuff. I really don't want to listen to music while I'm doing everything. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a good book. But the frequency you drop them, and then you know the other member of the Triforce, you know Dave, you know he lets topics stack. So you mm-hmm. know, like, what, what advice for a homie on when should I drop my next one? Yours is like, let's say, that's a good question. Um, mine is based off when another person can, can do it, if that makes sense. Mine is like, you guys. Well, like, let's just go ahead and say you guys have uh, music and y'all play instrumentals in the background. So I understand that takes a while to like mix down because like I'll go ahead and say like just to get that stack. But like with Dave, it's like his is like he lets shit stack because it's sports and not a lot of sports over over Tay for turn. If that makes sense. Like, it doesn't always seem glue because like when the 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 marcus cousins uh trade happened you remember how he said in his podcast like he was about to upload it but yeah that happened yeah with yours it's i think yours is going to be centered around everything that happens around the summer because like i feel like your podcast is going to be really good like it's a good idea to talk about comics but my question to you, my, I'm gonna, this is my, I just, and I'll get back to what your question. How much oh, comic books are you going to really talk about? Are you going to start talking about runs? Um, See, that's the thing. I think I need to make a preview. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything, comics, movies, books, TVs, anything that's going, like, like where we can question the narrative of how you are perceiving, you know, the said context or the said material. Okay, yeah, so, like, if it's, like, if you're going to do a comic book run, like, like, a run that just came out, like, the new Captain America thing, and if you're going to buy every issue, let's say, you could do that, like, every week, or compared to, like, when the new, so, like, when Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out, or Wonder Woman comes out, you know you have fresh take on what to drop. Don't, based off what we're doing, like, how I do it, it's just that, if people are down to give their review, because like the way I've been saying it is that I 
can't do this alone. So if anybody else wants to help me, like understand how this, how games and stuff has influenced them, then allow that to then come to me, teach me, teach me so I can become the master with you. If that makes sense. Right. Right. Cause like, I was really thinking that you were going to say not even Madden. So when you said Madden, it was like, Oh God. So Madden. So okay. Let's see how deep we can get with it. It's not really lore, but I can understand how it's influenced you and how you can understand video games better. You can understand the game of football better and you can understand how to plan your life better. And that's what I feel like we accomplished today just based off that one game. And with me, per se, I really hope for that. Good vibes. Have fun. Let's have fun while doing this. And Definitely. It's all about having fun. Let's have fun. Like, seriously, have fun while we're doing this. Because at, at, at the end of the day, as long as you have fun and I have fun, and like everybody else is listening, all they can do is just rate this and review it and tell me what they didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, like my my like you said, like my content just drops because I'm challenging myself. I know how you think we're competing. It's really not gonna competition. It's really that I'm challenging myself. Like I feel like, well, I'm doing this project, the Awoy project, for my own benefit. Let's just say that I can do it. Like, cause if I can do it now, I can do it later on. Like when, like, let's say I have like, say Colin Moriarty, who is the, he used to be the main person at IGN. I don't know if you know who he is or like a Jose Otoro who is still at IGN right now. If he decides to come on the show and we talk about how games have influenced his life, I need, it's just preparing myself that something that bigger and better things might happen. But right. like I said, I I enjoy everything you do, bro. Just like I said, like if you're gonna do comics, just continue to like. If you say that DC is legacy, like my best one of my good friends Alex says that DC is legacy. Enjoy that legacy, harness it, and make it better by making it into your own interpretation. Gotcha. Appreciate it. And, Come on, brother. Yeah. And like I said, you can find him at Dominate Impulse, the podcast. He's got a Facebook page. You on Twitter? We on Twitter. We on iTunes. <laughs> we on <laughs> SoundCloud. We're, we everywhere. And like, that's what I'm saying. The energy is so crazy right now. Give us five minutes of your time. I promise you're going to love it. I promise. Yeah. So when's the next episode dropping? Or is that? Uh, you know what? I might try to drop. I'm gonna try to Thursday. I'm calling Thursday? it. Right. Cool, cool. I'm gonna drop it Thursday. Okay. Uh, and this has been episode five of a worded influence. This is part of the A Boy project where we drop four episodes in one week to challenge your host Perry Morton, where you can find him at at P Morton underscore P Morton twenty two on Twitter. You can find a word of influence anywhere on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Pocket Caster. You can find it in any po- any podcast directory. Just leave a review. Hope you enjoyed it. And if not, just 
just write and tell me what you don't like, and I'll try to make myself better. That's all I can do, guys. Right. And with that, talk at you later. Well, a couple days. No, tomorrow. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs>